Welcome to the Light Letter Podcast. I am Forrest Dwyer. And I'm Kimberly Jacobson. And we changed our name. Breaking news, we are now called the Light Letter Podcast. Dun, 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 breaking news. <laughs> um, we're about to share an episode with you that's phenomenal. Um, tooting our own horn a little bit mm-hmm. there. But um, in this episode, we were still called Seeds of Awakening, but we have made some changes and we're excited about them. We are. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention is we, when we recorded this, we were still in quarantine as we um, are now in our state. And we weren't in the situation we are in right now with the protests happening and with the Black Lives Matter movement happening. Um, And so we don't touch on that because it wasn't happening at the time. Um, But if you want some more resources on that, we uh, are supporting that movement and the protests. And we have uh, shared some resources in our light letter. And we'll also share a link in the bio um, with some great resources uh, to support the movement. We wanted to release this episode now because uh, we interview a woman named Jeanette Bessinger, who is a health coach and a life coach and, and has created these amazing trans- transformational programs and talks about things that we think are really relevant right now, mm-hmm. um, not just on how to stay healthy, but on how to deal with emotions that might come up, how to dive into self-inquiry. Um, and Jeanette is really an amazing person, an award-winning educator and speaker. She's the author of eight books, just finishing her ninth book, um, which, by the way, you can find the link in the bio. It's called Elemental Life Rings, Staying Afloat in Drowning Times. Um, And you can find the link to sign up to be notified when it's fully released. Um, But she, she really is amazing. I mean, she's been featured in the Washington Post, NPR, Clean Eating, Martha Stewart Living, and NBC News. So, she was a wonderful conversation, uh, very enlightening and inspiring talk. Yeah, we think we think you'll love this episode. Um, we certainly had a a really enjoyable time uh, laughing and talking with Jeanette. So enjoy. Enjoy. just start and maybe lay the groundwork could you explain a little bit like in your own words what what that experience really entails um within the healing arts and uh, emotional and as well as food obviously being a big one yeah i think for me the 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 beginning of really the exploration you know my my training and my background stuff probably the central issue for that was was getting an autoimmune disorder. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like so many other people in this field, I just um, ran up against something that that wasn't easily fixable, you know, and then the doctors told me, they're like, oh, you know, black women get this and women who live in other parts of the country, and we have no idea why you have this. (laughs) Um, And it was actually pretty scary because they, when they first found it, they found these like nodes on the lymph nodes in my, Mm -hmm. my lungs, these, these, they thought they were tumors. And so I spent about three weeks thinking that I might have lymphoma mm-hmm. and I was in my early 20s and so mm-hmm. it was that was the first time I kind of came up against like oh okay wow, yeah. and so and nobody suspected this because it's a really rare thing and so they they went and they did a, a surgical biopsy and they're like oh you have sarcoidosis I'm like what in the heck is that so long story short um, the best that they could offer me there's no treatment they don't understand it they don't know the cause and it can make these little granulomas 
grow on any organ of your body, including your heart, including your optic nerve, including, mm. you know. And so they said, well, we're going to give you steroids to suppress it. And um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> and I, at least I knew enough, which is surprising at that age. Like I knew enough to say, no, I don't think I'm going to go on a heavy duty course of steroids for yeah. months, mm. you know. Um, and, and so that, that actually kind of launched my looking. So I just started poking around and um, I, I went into, I looked at a few different modalities and basically I started to map my own um, treatment path. Right. And I, I eventually started to train in the things that actually worked because I tried a whole bunch of stuff that didn't work at all. <laughs> and, but there were some things that really were super powerful. And so I ended up in something called the wave work in at Kripalu, which actually yep. the, the Institute is, is um, not alive anymore in, in the same way, but it's like Hakomi and some other, you know, some kind of mind body thing where the, putting the pieces together and that emotionally helped me get to the tap roots of some really deep stuff. And um, that led me to start working with people who were in chronic pain, people who had chronic illness. And I, mm -hmm. I did that for a long time. And I learned from them what was actually going on there and that we're so much bigger than this tiny focus of pain or even fear or even dying. Like we, we have this sort of, we get this like laser focus when things are difficult and we hone in. And so it taught me to kind of open up and take a broader view. And I still use that, you know, and I'm in the dentist chair. I don't laser in on where they're drilling. I actually open up to my whole body and my whole field. I'm like, wow, I'm really big, you know, mm. and there's this thing happening in a small place, right. but I can actually, by shifting my focus, like I don't have to be so tied up into that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And then that led into, um, and then I was, so I started talking, I started talking about this kind of mind, body, spirit connection. And I started doing some lectures and I spoke at a local hospital and um, one of the nurses, the head of the education department, um, was very interested in what I had to say. And she, she pulled me in for a couple of more talks and I actually did some rounds, which was very interesting talking to mm. the medical profession about yeah. this stuff, you know, <laughs> this is a while ago now. So too, they were like, mm, okay, yeah. whatever you say, <laughs> so I'm really not that interested, but she was, and she said, we have this, um, we have really good success with like our quit smoking programs and some of the other kinds of things, but we have zero success in our weight loss program. Mm -hmm. and, and that was the beginning of the awareness of um, the, the beginning of the sort of obesity crisis kind of coming into public consciousness. Yep. People mm -hmm. were really starting to say, this is a big problem. We don't have good solutions. So um, eventually I ended up in charge of that department. Oh, they wow. had some programs that they tried and they, they didn't like them. And so I said, you know what, let's try this. Mm. And it, it became this laboratory. And so I worked, I worked there for eight years and I worked with different clinical staff and really the focus was lifestyle change. Like how do we change? How the heck do people change mm -hmm. and where are the barriers and, and what's really going on here? And it started out as this really intensive, like 12 weeks, five nights a week, like, like literally <laughs> oh, <laughs> pre 9-11 when people would still commit like that, you know? <laughs> 
And, um, and it became, eventually it, it kind of shrunk and shifted and shrunk and shifted. And I, I ended up starting to write books after that. And so yeah. I became very, very interested in nutrition as a platform um, for healing in general and, and how, you know, what we take in in, tr in terms of what we eat affects mind, body, and spirit. And it really seemed like this kind of pivotal, like, like one of the table legs, really, mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. our health. And so I dug really deep with that. And so um, uh, I went, you know, studied, I got a bunch of certifications, I went to a few different schools. And in the course of that, in there also, I started to dig deep with um, yoga practices. Yep. And um, when I came up, and this happened a lot when I started working with people specifically around food and eating stuff, um, I really started to see the, the spiritual walls and the, 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 the kind of metaphysical um, angst, really, <laughs> that sort of underlies this. Right. Um, and also deep trauma, deep wounding and deep trauma that, that is also underneath this. And, and here we are focusing like the food, the food, the food, yeah. what's on your plate, you know? <laughs> and like, wait a minute, nothing's really going to shift because there's this boulder right. in the way. And so that led me to um, start to study uh, religious and spiritual faiths hmm. and that culminated in me actually going to seminary hmm. and wow. um, I, 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 I dropped in really really deep and I, I became an ordained interfaith minister and studied for almost three years um, pretty, you know depth world yeah. religions and and so what what I started to see <laughs> This is what's so interesting because, like, my family is like, "What? Choose something!" You know. I know I'm just laughing because all of a sudden you're an ordained minister. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Like from the outside, I look totally ADD, totally ADD. And I don't know if you know the Human Design System. This is a really cool. It's it's worth looking up if you don't know. Little, it's really interesting. Little bits. So I am actually the the one. There's one percent. There's a type that's one percent. It's called the reflector, and that that's actually huh. me. And so when I found that, I was like, oh my god, this makes so much. This makes my life make so much more sense. <laughs> um, but what was happening? And I didn't really consciously realize it. I would kind of I get to the end of this modality, and then I would literally kind of run out of rope. Hmm. And this was happening, it happened to a degree in my own process, because right. I was going deeper, 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 deeper down through the layers. And I had a very, very powerful, very disciplined spiritual practice that eventually became kind of my own design, you know, and I've been doing that for about 20 years. And so that was taking me down, 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 down. And then with my clients, We'd go all the way, we'd scroll out to the end of, you know, say a food issue, and then we'd hit that that spiritual wall like and that's the it may not even be exactly that like a lot of times what we'd run into is you know what i didn't choose this life like yeah. i haven't opted in like mm. a lot of people who struggle with with overeating are like i'm i didn't say yes <laughs> i didn't pick it this is not what i wanted mm. and and it sounds like really fundamental but it's something that we we're not conscious of and so right. so you when you hit that you can't talk kale right you know that's not <laughs> Kale's it's not, not, not going to no. speak to this issue. <laughs> and then, and, but, but in the other direction, it was true too, because in the, the spiritual world, so much of the time, the body is deeply neglected. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't tell you it's better now, but meditators 20 years ago would just get so fat 
You know, I hate to say it, but it's really true. Like it just is all about the mind and it's all about, and it, and it complicates things that we want to be, have kind eating and vegetarian and vegan. And we don't quite know what we're doing and the food supply is really shifted. And so we end up throwing our, our hormones really far out of balance and, and it's a side effect, you know, and it's always like we, and it's, and in the Christian world and Christian face, there's a lot of like, you know, almost, um, any kind of focus at all on the body is sinful or there's, it's something that, you know, this is something that we need to to put, we need to move beyond the body. Mm. And for me, this is crazy. Like here we are sitting in one, like this is our suitcase. (laughs) This is our home. Like how can we, you know, this is part of the package in a really big way. And then, so they're not going to talk about, they're not comfortable talking about food and for them food and and that stuff is a a non-issue. Mm-hmm. And in the psychological world, we kind of run into the same thing. Like people would say, like, you know, I noticed that when I when I eat a lot of, of sugar or when I eat a lot of processed foods or when I eat this specific food, my anxiety goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. And the the counselors, the straight up counselors, are, don't know what to do with that, right. and the, and they can't speak to that. And so what ends up happening is, if you're inside of this, if you've got an issue that is jumping around, mm-hmm. then you start to feel like you're a little crazy because you you're working with this, this guy, this leader, this person that you have mentor, you know, person that you've approached to help you heal. And when they run out of rope, they will tend to, and I don't want, I'm generalizing here, but what I was seeing a lot of was um, that's not really real. That's Mm. not actually significant. Mm. That doesn't actually affect this issue. And so people would kind of second guess and and start to be like, well, wait a minute. And so to back up, to back up, what I noticed in, as, you know, decades are starting to go by by this point. And so, and what I noticed was we kind of have these two, these two kinds of issues. We have normal issues that are kind of everyday being in a body, being on the planet, like being an animal, like you get hurt, you get sad, you get, (laughs) you know, you get hungry, like you gain a little weight, like these kinds of things are just part of being embodied. And typically, you address them, you make a couple of changes, you make some shifts, and then they balance, and then you kind of move on. Um, What I'm talking about now are the things that, that, that seem to show up and they kind of dig in, like mm-hmm. they land. It's like a headache that just becomes chronic, that flips mm-hmm. into migraines, right. that, you know, and I, I, they might be food or it might be this or that. But they, and then, you know, or back pain, same mm-hmm. thing, like chronic back pain right. that just becomes like part of your life. Mm-hmm. And you just, you cannot figure this out. And so if you try, if you start going down the rabbit hole and you go to these, one of these, you know, depending on your upbringing and your background, maybe you go spiritual first, maybe you go, you know, medical first, maybe you go to nutrition and you go and go and go and you're, you're working on your back pain and you're working with a physical therapist and, or you're in a yoga class and you're in this long hold and you're working on it, it feels better. And then all of a sudden you have like this intense kind of release and you're bawling your brains out <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's happened to you yeah. this happens to me all the time it's <laughs> just sort of who I am and so but for a lot of people this is really unfamiliar oh, yeah. and they're like oh and never mind the poor physical therapist the guy's like just trying to adjust your back or whatever yeah. and you're, yeah. you know, you're bawling on the table <laughs> and what happened was that pain that issue it jumped 
it shifted. It went from, you know, from your body, like it popped into your emotional emotional field. And it goes the other direction all the time. Like, especially if you have an upbringing, which says like, don't be sad, you Mm. know, or even like wipe that smile off your face or you can't cry or don't get angry. That's a big one. Like anger's not okay. So you, the feeling starts to come and it's like a wave and, and feelings are organic. They're weather, Mm. they're of the Tao. And so it's normal. So it's coming, coming, coming. And we suppress it. And when we suppress it, bloop, like oh my neck mm. <laughs> you know we were just talking about this we were just yeah. talking about this yeah that, like sometimes yes. we were talking about a friend who when they get stressed they like like their neck goes forward and their shoulders go up and they get like a sore throat and like just manifests in that way like almost immediately too yes yeah. And you can even develop patterns where it pops back and forth. Like some people who have more fluid boundaries and that, that is me. I have really fluid boundaries, which made this easier for me to see that I can really easily flow, you know, mental, emotional, spiritual. It's, we call this somatic and doctors tell you you're crazy. (laughs) So do counselors, like there's really something wrong with you. (laughs) But actually it ends up being this incredible asset when you can understand it. Um, And it helps you see, sort of the true nature of what's going on here and so this this all of this stuff every single track that I followed you know all these certifications that I hold and I can speak kind of equally oh and I wrote a bunch of books I wrote like eight books right, you yeah. know with different with different um, professionals you, so you that, like oh, I wrote eight books <laughs> well, this was a big, <laughs> this was, it was actually really cool and it was fun and I I, I learned a ton because I just I kind of that was when I was in the information gathering stage mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that was really this kind of intellectual like well maybe the answer can be solved like a puzzle you know <laughs> and so I would work with um, amazing nutritionists, like world famous nutritionists. And I worked with um, doctors and I worked with um, NDs, naturopathic doctors and, mm-hmm. and worked with dietitians. And we would kind of put these books together. And, and for a while I was just helping them translate their healing system for the average person, mm-hmm. you know? So I was doing recipe design and lifestyle change and like, here's how you can actually do what this expert tells you right. is going to help you with your issue. And then, and so that eventually led to me kind of creating really my own brand and my own way of understanding this. And, and at that point I was pretty deeply in the food and mm-hmm. my brand was the clean food coach. Um, Yep. And I was doing a lot. I got very involved with with some international, um, very very well known strength trainers, and that was a super fun time because I <laughs> there was like a, at one point I'm like I'm like speaking in, in the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, oh and so I'm fun. like I'm literally like looking out at you know two thousand of the healthiest, fittest, most <laughs> gorgeous people around the planet. <laughs> And I'm talking to them and I'm doing like zoodles, right? Like I'm spinning the thing and I'm like, food doesn't have to be mechanical and there's so much more to it and and talking about the emotion of it. And they actually ate it up. They really loved it. And it was, you know, and I'm kind of, you know, like like average Jeanette up there. And so so I I always, in some ways, I've always been um, the odd man out, like in these environments, like trying to talk to the doctors about, nutrition right. and, and I, for a while I taught at Kripalu I taught the their Ayurvedic students um, how to speak to the medical community 
Mm-hmm. Like ditch your Birkenstocks. Don't put your patchouli on today. Yeah. Look them in the eye, and yep. here's the language that you use. That's so, amazing. Um, and I, I literally like did like that was a yeah. workshop that was part of the training, and it and it comes down to um, addressing. It comes down to that it's not so much, and this is a teaching thing. And I think at my core, if I had sort of one thing that I I consistently do and consistently lean into is really kind of teaching or I might call it bridging or translating. This mm-hmm. is this is something where I, I always end up landing there. Mm. And the the trick or the the special sauce for that is not so much to get fixated on the topic, like didactics. Like don't if you focus too hard on what you're trying to transmit it's not going to work. It's, it's becomes much more kinetic when you focus on the people who you are addressing. Mm -hmm. So it's really, and this is a, it's an old saw in teaching is you, you teach students, you don't teach material. And this is very, this is very true that, that making that, that organic connection is really important or nothing's going to transmit nothing that you say, especially if it's a hard sell, which, you know, nine out of my 10 audiences, it's a hard sell. You know, yeah. I, I spoke a couple years ago, I spoke at, a, at an oncology, uh, an East Coast oncology nursing convention. <laughs> and, and they're talking all about like geriatric cancer, you know, and how, what are the things, you know, and then I'm on the stage <laughs> like <"Wah!" laughs> and talking about the mind, body, spirit connection and how you can, you know, yeah. And um, right, and they're 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 not buying it, <laughs> and so so it, you really have to kind of come down, and so so the act of doing this over and over and over again, um, I I really started to see how we to use the metaphor I used before, like how we run out of rope, like where we get blocked. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and and this 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 fundamental flaw, and it's at the heart of our entire Western healing system. And it is that we separate the, we separate ourselves into these individual components. Mm-hmm. And then we create stewards for the components, yeah. not for the whole person. And it's, and it's complex. I mean, good Lord, like how long does it take to become a, you know, a GP, you know, like just <laughs> a medical, my God, you know, eight, 10 years yeah. to become a, you know, a surgeon or a, and so I understand that, 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 that specializing and in the West we've, we've, you know, specializing is crucial to actually get any good at anything. And mm-hmm. so, so this is, but what the problem is that we lost something really foundational when we put all of our focus on specializing because now we have stewards who cannot cross the the realms and in fact are legally bound you're not supposed to cross the realms man if you're a counselor and you start talking medical stuff you're in trouble you know Mm -hmm. or if you're spiritual and you talk anything outside of you know your license Mm -hmm. you're in big trouble Mm-hmm. And so look how we've hobbled ourselves. So, you know, to my mind, this, this kind of epidemic that we're in, and I'm not talking about the one that we're in right now. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the one that preceded this, which yeah. is these lifestyle illness epidemics that they, we, ha- we don't have any answers. And, mm-hmm. and the truth is the numbers are not getting better. And the truth was we were already on a track to overwhelm our healthcare system long before COVID ever hit the scenes. 
Um, this has been predicted for, for a long, long time that when, the, when this generation starts to age, you know, mine and younger, that we've got two, we're not equipped to, to deal with um, the numbers of people that have chronic issues. We're mm. just not. It's, it's not, we're not built for that. And so, so we have a really, so this is a big problem. This is not just like, you know, an interesting thing to think or talk about this, this really comes down to how are we going to evolve, you know, as a country at kind of a foundational level, how are we going to raise our children so that they aren't caught in the same traps and Mm -hmm. what can we do for ourselves, you know, while we're in this kind of broken model. Mm -hmm. Um, And, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so you kind of come into this breakthrough. Yes. Essentially that, is it, it's something happened to like get you to this breakthrough or was this <laughs> yes. just like it hit you one day or you're like, oh, no. you know what? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually, well, well, yeah, in a way, yes, I hit my own block. Mm. I was like, I kind of, I kind of, I ran out of my own rope and, and I just got, I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. I really, I was having, you know, I started, I figured out kind of who I can work with and who I can have success with and who I'm not going to be able to help. And, and that was, that was really good because I could kind of say, you know, I'm going to refer you here. I'm going to refer you there. But it was tremendously frustrating to me that I couldn't kind of crack this code because I really couldn't. And mm-hmm. I, boy, I worked hard, you know, <laughs> I mean, boy, I went down a lot of, and doing my own work, paralleling my own work always came before the training that I did for other people. So I'm digging, digging, digging. And I, and I finally was like, you know, ugh, like I'm, I'm almost 50. I, I think I'm, you know, I think I might be done. Mm-hmm. And by the time I hit, you know, 50, I was like a little bit after I, I tried to, my kids launched and, and I, I launched a new, like I went into like skincare, like this is the new, you know, after food, it was like, we need yeah. to look at what we're putting on our skin. And I very quickly, I was like, no. <laughs> it's not skincare <laughs> and, I, and I really just saw this pattern of sort of trying you know to jump down these these different buckets yeah. and I thought I, I think I might be I think I might be done and so we decided my husband was in a similar place so we kind of did more for a while when the kids left and then we're like okay we're gonna do different mm-hmm. and so we decided to travel and um, we just pulled everything up. We bought an RV. And after a lot of exhaustive research, and we found this cool thing, we grabbed our animals and we got on the bus like very late in, in a winter, like freezing cold. It was the coldest winter that we've had in, in ages. And we just started driving. And we didn't have a plan and we didn't have, you know, places to go. And we just started going. And so we had this. So what that did was that just totally unplugged me from my whole right. life up to that point. Mm. So my kids are out of the house. I, I went through the emotional stages of that. I'm driving around looking at the country, like from the, from the road and what does it look like? And it was terrible. It was so much bigger than I thought. And there was so much more poverty like that. The poverty and the pain landed in my belly in a new way Mm. Um, and driving past you know like miles and miles and miles of like animals held in these terrible quarters you know and miles and miles and miles of of land that had been cultivated to feed the animals and it just it, it just became very visceral you know all these things that I was you know, had been addressing it sort of in a different way. And I wasn't thinking about fixing anything. I wasn't thinking about fixing myself. I just was really open and, and relaxed and loving it. And we walked for hours every day for months, 
mm. and that's kind of all we did just in on all different kinds of you know yeah. landscapes and beaches and mountains and and uh and then the the short version of the story is i had i i got sick i had sort of an issue come up that was a, a really kind of interesting unique one it was hormonal but it caused a really big problem and i had to stop um i had to stop and so i had to come home and i had to come home in a hurry and i had to have some surgical interventions and and here again i had another like you may have cancer and so i didn't at the time and i was like okay you know that that's good and when when all that was through we ended up getting rid of three quarters of what we owned and we <laughs> sold our house and we radically downsized because yeah. we're like shoot we could live in this tiny bus yeah we, we were happy and yeah. i didn't miss a damn thing in my house like really nothing wow. And so, so we did it, and we did it fast because we had an opportunity. We we own a um uh we co-own a, a building with four units in it. it, has teeny little apartments, and one came open and it hadn't mm -hmm. for years. We're like, let's go. So very fast, everything as these things do. We put it up to the universe, and it just instantly, mm -hmm. you know, it sold to the perfect family, and we moved things really quickly. We gutted it, and it was our own, and we made this shift. And so right after that. We're getting ready to leave and take a, a trip in the winter now. Came back in the spring, and my mother got diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't go. I, I mean, I could, could have gone, of course, but I decided to stay and be with her. And so my husband and daughter, they left. And I was in this tiny, fresh place with um, the only things that I really had to do were sort of tend to my mom for, you know, her appointments and things like that. And so I had about six weeks where I was solo. And I didn't plan on doing like an actual practice. I didn't, I didn't plan on having it be like a retreat. I just was living. Mm -hmm. But within about two days, I was so deeply in meditation that I almost never came out. And oh. it was very organic. It was very, very organic. And so I just gave into it. Because for the first time in my adult life, I had no demands on my time other than, you know, yeah. little things for my mom's before her radiation started. And I, so I could, I could like go in the night. I could write any time. I could be, you know, I could go 24 hours. I could eat or not eat. Like, and I, all of a sudden I started having these kind of spontaneous Kriyas um, come through. I, I have a... a big kundalini practice so uh, a kriya is a kind of a movement um sequence that does, is designed to to it shifts prana in your body it shifts sort of you know and it gives you some energetic movement and um kundalini works with a lot of kriya it's different from asana there, right. there tends to be kind of repetitive motion yeah involved like sets in kind of yes Yes, exactly. Um, they're kind of like kata in, you know, in martial arts or it's, mm -hmm. it's just this sort of routine. And so they, it wasn't, it wasn't um, flow exactly. And it wasn't asana. Sometimes I would have like spontaneous hand mudras, but it, it was like suddenly I'm doing like this stomach pumping thing, mm -hmm. you know, or I'm doing like shaking, like shaking, 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 like my whole self just like vibrating for like half an hour. Um, and just giving into it and letting this happen. And, and clearly I knew because of my own practices that I was going through some big releases. I was going through some big shifts. And um, I was extending, extending, extending meditation time. Not really intentionally. I was really following what was happening instead of trying to guide it. Hmm. And that was the first time in my life that I've had that much time and capacity to just listen. And really just kind of try to catch the tail of what was coming through. 
And so at one point, um, I'm sitting in my chair and I, I have to shift because I have to do something and I don't remember what I'm in meditation. And the cat jumps on my lap. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going to move her. And I have this sort of revelation like, oh, for crying out loud, like she's flow too. Like she's not off the, she is part of this. Hmm. And the best, I, the best way for me to describe it, and it's really hard being out of it, is like all of a sudden what I might call like the now, it like blew open, like the, the door blew off the hinges. And suddenly I had this awareness of this just endless spaciousness, just massive opening. And, it, and it's like things turned inside out. And so it was me perceiving all of a sudden, whoom, the, the, the background became the foreground. Like everything that all of a sudden everything that takes place was inside of this. And I was that. <laughs> and it was astonishing. And it was, it was, I, and I just, I don't, I didn't move and I don't know how long I didn't move. I have no idea how long I sat in the chair, you know, like until my back, but I just, I couldn't even. And, and I, and some part of me, and this is what was so interesting. Some part of me totally recognized that. Like, like it was familiar. Yes. Yeah. Like instantly at home, instantly. And it, it was an, a complete and total restructuring of everything instantly. And it, and, and it, it wasn't a restructuring because I just, it's like I moved. It's like I took a lateral step. Like nothing changed. Yeah. I just went, Soop! and I was standing here instead of there. And everything was different. Hmm. And so... I had a few like kind of, you know, I did eat and I did like exercise and I, I did like my, you know, the stuff that I did my kind of loose routines. And I have, I have a very close friend um, who is, I have a few close friends who are kind of on their own spiritual path and we are able to talk about that. And I talked to her later in that day and she was trying to kind of frame it according to her system. Yeah. She's like, Oh, you know, you're so lucky. This is happening. That's happening. And and I can't, I remember what I said, but I can't remember the way exactly that I saw it. But I said, you know, it's, I started laughing and I was like, it's almost like you're, you're putting these, like, it's almost like these are rungs to a ladder that's just in space. You know, like it was so funny to like, try. <laughs> it was like taking this like system and understanding it. And it was like trying to climb a ladder in the middle of space, you know, and it just cracked me up. And so I had, you know, what I know on the other side, I had the laughing jags and I had the crying jags of, you know, intense wonder and intense kind of not idiocy, but like how ridiculous the contraction that I live in all the time, like how just silly and crazy that is. Mm. And, and I would kind of, it was like a, like a, a furling and an unfurling, like I'd open up wide and then I would kind of furl back in. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I, when I went out, I had to buy a book for a gift for someone and I, I went out to the bookstore and I'm standing there, I'm looking at these books and I probably was standing there for a long time. And this woman walked up to me and I'm not exaggerating. She, she took my shoulder and she turned me toward her and she started telling me about how devastated she was about the loss of her son. And she talked straight at me 
is if we'd known each other for a hundred years, like, and she just like fired this, you know, intense grief and pain. And I just listened. I like, I didn't say anything. I just like listened and and witnessed. And when she was done, she walked away and I was like, okay. okay. And so the few places that I went that happened over and over again, it was, mm. it was fascinating. It was fascinating. Even friends, people who, who, you know, not close friends, but distant friends who I saw, you know, at, at a Christmas fair, uh, they just, just kind of unloaded. Like it was, it was weird. Yeah. And so sounds weird. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and so I knew like something was happening. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like weird. I felt like they weren't talking to me. This is what was so interesting. Like, I'm not even sure they registered. I'm not sure what they remembered after that. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't about talking to me. You know, my husband had some, I'm talking on the phone to him around this time. He had some interesting thoughts about that, about people throwing things into holes. <laughs> like if there's a hole yeah. that people try to fill yeah. it, which I, you know, it's just, it was interesting. And so that it changed, you know, everything shifted, my eating, my breathing, my everything, my metabolism. Um, and I just didn't try to control any of it. And I, I, what I, what I did notice though was that I, well, then I started to have downloads. And so that was like a long, I haven't talked about this publicly yet at all. Um, <laughs> if you're open to it. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. I'd like it, but it, it's fake in a way because I can't describe, I can't explain what it was like because the second I'm out of it, I don't, it's, you can't, I can't remember it. Right. It's hard to it's like explain trying this. to create another ladder in space. It's that's exactly. It just is, and to put parameters around it and explain it. Just I can't. I really yeah. I can't. And so, and that was alarming to me because I would kind of furl back up, you know, talking to people, and I'd be, and I couldn't hold it, and I'm like, oh. And then you know, I'd, I'd open back up, but when I was in the wide open places, I started getting what I can only call downloads and, and they really, they were from myself. I don't think I was getting any, it was sort of my life trajectory started informing me from this place. Mm. And so everything I'd ever done, all these crazy paths of education and all these crazy professional directions, all of a sudden they were, every single moment was useful. And every single moment made sense. And so it was like all the pieces, like my whole life, my professional life, everything, like lifted up in the air, came all apart and formed a new thing, like a puzzle mm -hmm. and landed. And it was coming down like, boom, 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 boom. And I was <laughs> writing as fast as I could, like, like trying to catch it, uh, you know, yeah. like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, and this is where, this is where I started to see you know, kind of why I did what I did and why yeah. things don't fundamentally work and why, and it just started to become this, it's just started to be really, really clear. Um, and I saw this, there was this hilarious time in there where I was like, oh my God, <laughs> my particular industry, you know, the, the, the food coaching industry like that is, will never, ever, ever work because nobody actually wants to change. <laughs> It's like, I think I laughed for a whole day about this. It was like so obvious that you're, you know, of course, everyone's too, everyone wants the instant, you know, whatever they think they want, which they don't. That's a whole nother story. But, you know, I, this is, I, I, you know, I want the thin body. I want the healthy body, but nobody, nobody wants to eat kale. 
and sweat their brains out every day and get, you know, be super disciplined and fit themselves. Like nobody wants to do the work at all to get to where they want to go. And I just thought this was so freaking funny that there's so many of us like trying to talk people into doing this thing because they're like, I want this, I want this. And they just don't. They really don't. They really don't. And so, <laughs> so I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so it was kind of like that, you know. And so it just restructured everything. And, and on the other side of it, it was really clear to me that I wasn't done at all, that I was actually just at the beginning. Yeah. And mm -hmm. now I was really, now I was starting to understand what was going on. And um, no clear path at all, you know, what to do about it, if I should do anything about it, like, was this for work or not? But I, I just was like, oh, okay, this is, this is now birth mm -hmm. now of being in this, this field. Um, so this is just this wild experience. Yes. Creates essentially like what you had known, which was the system some, somehow fundamentally broken, but yeah. you see it clearly. Yes. And then yes. that births a whole new set of experiments for you. Yes. Which I, which is now what you do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, I kind of, I, I had a great relationship with a, a, a business um, partner, brand or coach. Um, and I came to her and she actually was having a, a, a somewhat parallel thing happening in her work. So it was really cool timing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Oh, okay, well you need to rebrand. And I'm like, right. It's all about branding. <laughs> but she helped me. She helped me kind of build a plane while I was taking off. Yeah. You know, so while I was speaking to people, I needed like a locus point or a focus point or there's something to kind of start with mm -hmm. where people could kind of move through this platform of shifting their paradigm. You know, that that's so I, I needed to create something that would help them shift the paradigm of, of these things, like kind of how we eat, how we change. And so it became this, you know, on the plate, really foundational fundamentals of eating that you really certain changes that nearly everyone needs to make, not specific trendy diets, but like, here are the things, you like know. What? Yeah. So, like, so what are those things? <laughs> so, so, one or two. well, everyone I know has, you know, I've never met anyone who's actually other than people who are really working on it hard, um, who actually eats enough vegetables, mm. you know? And so this, the focus on like, like plant based and everything is, I think it's misplaced ethics mm. aside, ethics are a different thing and they are crucial and ethics and sustainability are crucial issues. But from a nutritional standpoint, um, it's not so much whether or not you eat um, food from animals. It's how much quantity-wise of your diet is vegetable. Mm -hmm. And there's a really big difference because you can be a you know, vegan who eats like not dogs and cotton candy, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can feel like you're super healthy. You know, this muffin right. is vegan, so it's really healthy. And so there's a lot of misunderstanding around that. Right. Um, and so, and then if you do want to release animal foods and there's a really, there's some, th some things you have to do to protect your metabolism and your energy, depending on your age and your needs, you know, it's, there's, there's no one system, right. but that is one thing. Like pretty much everyone I meet needs to eat substantially, needs to make a higher percentage of their food intake vegetable. vegetables. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's more even than fruit. Like fruit has a place, but it's, a, it's really about the, the veg. Yeah. Cool. Um, so that's like one really big thing. And that does a million things at once. Like it connects you to the planet. 
it starts to like open your awareness um, in a in a broader way, and that's totally separate from all the metabolics. Um, so this like this the on the plate kind of basics, yep. and I focused it on weight loss because that was the that's the following. Th those are my people, you know. Those are the women that I've been working with predominantly over the years, and so I kind of spoke to them, and I kind of you don't need a lot of spiritual background to do my, you know, I worked out of a hospital. So I work with kind of man off the street, woman off the street. And so use very simple, plain language and around the healing stuff too. And so there was the on the plate piece, but then there's also this off the plate piece and people could really resonate with this sort of these, these walls that you hit, you know, I have this mm -hmm. progressive, I just laid it out and it was from my downloads. Like first, you know, there's something wrong and then you find out nobody can really help you. And then you find it, you know, like the, the, the path that most people go down. Mm -hmm. And so I just mapped that out so that I could start talking about these things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you, you mentioned to me before that you started to map this out and then also you started to find that there's some research that, that kind of backs some of what you were talking about up in the sense that I think you were mentioning um, uh, that childhood trauma has been linked now to, I, I'm going to get the thing wrong. Some, some disease, <laughs> heart I think heart, heart disease, disease. the yeah. same way in the same, like if you eat fast food every day or have a childhood trauma, it's a very similar rate that you'll get. That's exactly disease. right. That's yeah. exactly right. That they, they have, they have found that you're um, it's something like if you have fast food, nearly every day, but, or if you had a really significant childhood trauma, that even if you have a pristine diet, mm -hmm. if you have significant childhood trauma, it puts you at a similar risk, um, metabolically. And so this, and this is something that I was seeing again and again and again, there's yeah. an absolute link between issues that won't heal quote unquote and trauma. There's, there's no question about it. And so this, there actually is a, um, there's a, a questionnaire out there and it's oh boy i'm not going to remember it it's a childhood it's like cai or something i'll have to I'll if you remember it, it later you. let us know and we'll put yeah. it in the show yeah notes. it's good yeah it's a good thing to say i mean and i i just want to warn you that it can be traumatizing to take it because it asks okay. like you know kind of graphic question you know so because at first i was like oh we'll just ask everybody but that has its own its own issues and so there are people who are make who are drawing the links in medical research which mm -hmm. is really helpful it's really helpful and one of the founders like the the guy who got started doing this was actually a psychologist working with obesity programs and programming and he noticed that a certain percentage of um, people going through his programs would um, and it, this is women at this point he, they were going through the program and they start to have great success and then they would quit mm. and so he started asking them questions like just randomly like trying to figure out what's going on and he and this is this is terrible but he would say like you know one of the questions was how old were you when you first had a sexual experience and he got answers like um like 10 mm. or you know five, you know and so and he started to draw the link and he started and then he realized mm. like okay there is this massive amount where actually the weight gain is the solution to the problem it's right not it's problem. not the problem sure. and so that he was one of the earliest ones to really kind of map that out and so he started digging and he which, started which makes a lot of sense if from that perspective it just clicked for me a little bit in terms of if weight gains the solution for the problem and you fix weight gain obviously the problem is now going to jump somewhere else exactly 
Yeah. Or, or it, it will move around. Like if you want to hold on to it, it it's going to move someplace else. It'll move into your body. It'll set up, and that happens all the time. Or you're going to sabotage the weight loss. Right. Yeah, and you and you won't do it. Just, and so yeah. this is this is one of those walls that you hit where you're like, I want this. I'm telling you, I want this. But this is where parts work and parts therapy is really important because there is a part of you who absolutely wants it, but then there's another part <laughs> who's not interested at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, who's going to see? Who's going to actually make a veto here? And and that's that. And so there is some beautiful work being done in you know in this arena. And and while I when I was studying this, I came up with my own very kind of loose questionnaire, mm -hmm. where it it went into you know on the plate, off the plate. Like I did, I asked everything. I would ask about, you know, loneliness, financial challenge, like, do you microwave in plastic? How many vegetables do you eat? How much processed food? Like, how, like moving all across the board. And I sort of mm -hmm. narrowed it down to these 10 questions. And it, it is an interesting predictor of the challenge level that you're going to have trying to make changes at, at a fundamental level. But I didn't use it that way because that, that can feel really negative. Like you're destined. And that's the, that's the flip side of finding out like, well, if I have childhood trauma, I can never heal. That's not actually true. Right. That's not actually true. So it's very important to say this and it's very important to not feel like you be, you're, you're already powerless enough if you have trauma. <laughs> like that's what, So like, guess what? Now you're stuck on this. Like that yeah. isn't, that isn't it. It's that the way that you're working with the issues needs to shift. It needs to shift and it's, and it has to come off of the, the body and the food and the issue and come into the heart of it. Mm -hmm. And so working directly with, trauma there's a million different ways to do it that feel doable that some you know some are body centered some are love centered some are you know emotional centered some are yoga centered but addressing and working with those things becomes paramount mm -hmm. to your being able to sustain you know the the body that you that you want or the eating habits that that you want um, so my, my questionnaire, the way I use it is whether it, you're going to make faster progress if you start by working on the plate or if you start by working off the plate. Mm. So that's, I have that on my website. So if you can really, so a lot of people are like, change the food now, right. but that actually isn't that helpful. You know, they, it would help them a lot more if they work off the plate for a little bit. Mm. So you work with people in terms of how to get started in, in a way that will actually stick, hopefully, instead of being something that you kind of run, you know fix my diet for a week and then I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a teaching and this is a difficult thing to do kind of online in a program. So it is a stayed, you know, it is an actual program. Like these are the foundational tenets, but I found that it just saved a lot of time and money to lay out the basics of this paradigm. Yeah. Like here are the basics. And then once you kind of have those, then I'll do lasers with you and we can target in on specific areas where you're stuck mm -hmm. or this doesn't make sense or how do we customize and what I found out was that people need far fewer private sessions. As a matter of fact, most people who go through the program don't need private sessions. Wow. This is what's interesting. So there, and there might be one or two, you know, I've had, a, I've had like two people do a, a series of them, but it's a really small number as opposed to like people who you're just seeing and seeing and seeing and sessions and sessions and sessions and da 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 new diet and this and that. Like yeah. it's really different um, from how I used to work much more yeah. effective way of working. Because, yeah, I mean, that's something people probably spend lifetimes trying to 
you spend you do years. you do and it's and ultimately it isn't yeah ultimately and this is now the big work and i can't i can't ever lead with this it's only for people who have the interest and the the consciousness ultimately there is what you're looking for is never what you think you're looking for so if you heal your chronic whatever it's great to get out of pain but three days after you're out of pain you forget that you were in pain and this is how we're built and if you get this like imaginary amazing body of, of 22 you know if you ever had that um, then something happens in your life and that stops being the thing you know I, I tell people I have a little video on there and I'm like if I waved a magic wand if I gave you this body of your dreams but then I you know put you out on a desert island or buried you in a hole and gave you some food pellets is that going to be the thing anymore are you going to are you going to care at all about your health and your, no you're not so it's not a condition ever that we're looking for when we say healing and I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize pain because yes, pain will dominate your life. And it, and it is certain things that we, we want to, and we need to shift and we do want to live and we do want to, I'm not, I'm not making those small or wrong. I'm just saying that the focus on the condition is misplaced mm -hmm. because what we are actually trying to get to is the sense of deep, connected, joyful, expansive presence like this this flow that we actually are that that is what we want that's what we want it's not a skinny body it's not a cure for our autoimmune disorder it's not like yes we want those things but the shankara is a you know wonderful i don't know if you i read a ton of people after i sort of my rose kind of closed back up my family came back and i started working um i read a ton of people who had had experiences like this and got went back to you know the eighth century or 800s or something yeah um and he was, I, I totally resonated with everything he said. And he said, we, you know, we're, we think that we're the jar, <laughs> you know, we're just the, 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 the that that's the, the container, but actually we're the air in the jar. And so the, the conditions are the jar and by all means, polish it, shine it up. If it's cracked, patch it, but don't think that that is, that's your healing. That's where your healing lives. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. making that connection. It's really, you know, it's the seeds of awakening. It's making that connection to what you are. That's what we want ultimately. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so interesting though because even with, I find we always, like we look for the external because we can see it and it's tangible and it's like, oh, if I just fix that, then I'll be happy. Yes. Or, and I was just thinking of this, just like being in a cranky mood. It's like, oh, I just need to, I just need to be cranky because of that. <laughs> but you know, but like, <laughs> instead of just kind of, it, instead of trying to place it anywhere, you know, it's not something that can be externally placed, but instead it's more of like, create the internal space for the body to do its healing. That's exactly right. And it's, and it's not just it's healing. It's, it's create the space for the crankiness yeah. and create the space for the COVID and create the space for the change. Like it's, it's just flipping, flipping the lens, like take mm -hmm. the focus off of the object of our stress and everything is surrounded 
-hmm. I wrote this this morning for a post today. It's like every heavy object on the planet is surrounded by air. Mm -hmm. Every heavy thought is surrounded by space. It's like flip, take the focus off the object and on to the negative space around it. And that's, that's not actually it, but that's the closest that I can come <laughs> to as a practice yeah. for doing it. And it loosens the grip. Mm -hmm. Because we, we think that we think that our our world is what we're focused on. Like our, we, we think reality, whatever we're focusing on is what we think reality is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pretty much always. So all you have to do is like shift the focus and you'll get some breathing room. Mm. And so that isn't, that won't necessarily wake you all the way up, but it is practicing for it. It's like opening the space of that inside yourself so that when it happens in a bigger way, you've got a, like an anchor point like something mm. that you can say, oh, 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 yeah. you know, it's that. <laughs> so I'm curious. I, I have friends, I think we all do, friends, family members who, they, let's use back pain. They have back pain and then they go to their, whatever their choice is of a technician, practitioner to resolve it. Mm -hmm. And it works and it's going great and then it fails. Or it doesn't fail, but they hit the end of the rope. And then they try something else and it's like, oh, it's starting to work. And then they hit the end of the rope. And I think that so often gets associated with, well, just nothing works. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't want to try anything new now because it's probably just not going to work like the other things. So what, how have, I'm so curious, what is your method of being like, it's holistic, see? All of it. Well, it's, it's, that's a beautiful that's actually a beautiful place. And so it was actually, it was Marcus Aurelius. And then I heard it first, um, Eckhart Tolle said it. I was at a, a training with him one time and um, I, I looked it up and it was, it was Marcus Aurelius and it's, and Eckhart, the way he said it was that which stands in the way is the way. And this is the beginning of consciousness when you hit a when you hit something that isn't budging that is your invitation that is your doorway to change your paradigm and this is when i when i said like people who have the seeds of consciousness or the awareness or the wish to kind of uh i hate to put a value judgment on it i, I almost said evolve but it's not good or bad it's like your choice like if you want to if you want to you know, take the, the, the blue pill <laughs> from the matrix. <laughs> and that's, that's really, that's really what this is. Like if you, if you want to walk this walk and see outside the box, then you will begin to do the work of letting the thing that seems like it's blocking you start to be the thing that shifts you. So instead of you moving it, you loosen up and you you let it move you and this is a this is a very hard thing to describe but the the way that you begin one of the ways that you begin is instead of like fighting shifting changing like activating your will like 10 million things like of course you want to keep trying things to the degree that you know you don't want to give up if there are things that come your way that's great but the second that you start working with what looks like the block the universe is going to start to move on its axis in a new way. So for instance, if I say, okay, 
nothing that I've tried so far. And this, by the way, is one of those three stages that I talked about when, when nothing works like this is it. Mm -hmm. So when you're there, you can get desperate and despondent, or you can say, what's wrong with this picture? Like what's wrong with what I'm trying to do or what is in wrong isn't even the right word. How can I shift something else around this? So if I say, we'll use the back pain, I'm going to start to let this back pain show me what it wants to show me. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is to stop fighting it with your um, intense resistance. And this is really hard. This is not easy. That's <laughs> why a lot is of people don't do it. So <laughs> it's really, it's really hard. And it just, and it begins with um, making an agreement that you're going to allow this pain to be here and you are open to what it's trying to tell you. And so there's a man named Dr. Sarno who he just died recently. He's, he wrote a book called a phenomenal book called healing back pain. And he, this is years and years ago, decades ago, he realized that he could literally, like people would get the back pain sort of in the T because the, your emotional state would lock off the muscles and it would create this spasm. So he, all he did for healing back pain for people is he had them stop taking pills, stop trying to fix it. And he literally said, start talking with your back, move around as if it doesn't hurt and ignore the pain and start saying to yourself, I'm willing to feel the emotion that's behind this. And he, so he encouraged it to jump from the body into the emotions and then people could work on it in an emotional way and they got better. <laughs> and so, and he's like really famous. I have a friend who like he cured her lockjaw and all, and he helped wow. me enormously. And, yeah. and so, so that is the first thing is starting to dialogue with it. What can you show me? Because the stuff that sticks, not just every day being a body, but the stuff that sticks is actually karmic. Like it's mm -hmm. actually seated in a samskara or seated in a wounding or seated in, and it's holding on for a reason. And so what is that reason? So if you shift your focus and you're like, I want this out, if you actually welcome it in and you say, okay, tell me. I want this information. I want you to sh show me the arrows and I'm going to now work with the universe. Like show me what I need. Is there a particular thing that I need? Is there a remedy? Is there a person? Is there a message? Is there, and if you open to it in a genuine way, the universe will absolutely respond to you. Absolutely. It will respond to you. Mm -hmm. And this is not something you, you can typically say to people off the street. Like it sounds like cha-cha, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, like when you're what, in pain, this is, Yes. Like, yeah, what are you talking hard. about? You know, you take a hike. <laughs> right. But if there's consciousness there, even a tiny grain, then there's going to be a real, a real like antenna of interest. Mm -hmm. if, if somebody's going to be like, oh, there's going to be like a little bone knowing that they're like, oh, oh, there's something there. And then you start to work with it differently and it, and it changes everything. And so if you're really, you know, locked into the ego and ego place and your ego's not that comfortable mm -hmm. with change, it's probably not going to move that much. The ego's really scared of this because it, yeah. it upends it, you know? <laughs> and so, so there has to be like something there for this to be able to sit on. Mm. Um, but, but it changes everything. Yeah. It turns it, it turns everything inside out. I got the visualization when you were explaining like the pain isn't, it's not in the way it is the way. Yeah. Um, I got the visualization that like, it's almost like it's tethered to you and it's like, we try to like drop kick it away and then it flies back and then it just comes, hits us in the face again. That's <laughs> so like, drop right. kick it and then it flies back. It comes, hits us in the face. It's like, no, we have to 
move That's with perfect. it and start to learn and move with it. But it's perfect. Yeah. Yes. And then after a while you let it lead you. <laughs> yes. That's no, but it's like those yeah. bumpy, you know, what are those little balls on the paddle? Like that's what it, that's what we are doing is like yeah. literally like whacking up against it. And when you start to let it pull you around a little bit, it is, um, it's, 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 it's revolutionary hmm. because it will show you the stuff that you never saw like oh my god that intense headache that would never go away is you know my terrible job and mm. there it is and now you can work with it or it's you know this trauma that I just haven't addressed and it's up now is the time now is the time and it wants to be looked at or it is you know I have to shift the way I'm holding my body like your you know your friend yeah. that like yeah. I have to do some work around releasing this mm. so yeah amazing Wild. Cool. I wanted to ask one more question um, before we wrap up. It's a little unrelated. Mm -hmm. Hope that's okay. Sure. Um, you've been in quarantine for longer than the rest of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can explain briefly why if you want or not. But you've, <laughs> so, <laughs> you've been in quarantine for an extra three months. Yeah, and I so have. I was curious I if, you had any, if you have any tips for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, so this will, I'll go to, I'm going to use that as a, an illustration for a minute to, to talk about what I, to sort of illustrate from a personal perspective, what I just said, mm -hmm. which is that a year after my mom got cancer, I got diagnosed with the same kind of cancer. Mm. And, um, so this, and it was a system shock on one level, but on, on the other level, I actually knew, and this, like I, I knew I called my GYN and I said, I, I, I need, I need a diagnostic mammo. And she was like, okay, instead of my regular. And she said, okay. And so I had the, so when I went in, you know, for my screening, I had like the whole three hour thing in the sauna and I knew before I left, but I already knew. And so this is one of those things my doctor's like, they look at me like, yeah, I'm like, well, I did. <laughs> and so, um, because I felt it and um, not palpably, like there was no, there's nothing I could actually touch or feel. I just knew that you, something you know. had landed. Yeah. And so it's small and safe and my prognosis is great. And I'm, you know, two thirds of the way through the, the treatment and everything is going amazingly, but it, and that, that should, we were going to, we we're going to travel again. And so we're trying for the second winter, you know, to head out and it was just, you know, aborted again. And instead of what I would have done, you know, five years ago, fling myself against the wall with, you know, angst and <laughs> woe is me and terrible. I had my strong emotions because humans, we have these emotions. They're the weather. There's no, I'm not a believer in spiritual bypassing where you, you mm. pretend that you don't get mad or you pretend that you're not sad. I think that's ridiculous. And so I, um, I let myself kind of drop into all the, the fear and the not knowing and the, you know, it's terrible. And it's been so long since I've had sort of that level of bleh. Yeah. And in the bottom of it, by allowing it to move through me at the bottom, I saw like a laser beam, this ancient wound, this ancient separation wound that, that literally has like gone through my matrilineal um, line that just, you know, extends down to my daughter that stands in it. And it, it, it's something that I need to work with. And I do have a, an abuse history, which is part, you know, childhood abuse history, which is sort of part of why I was 
keyed into that and very interested in that and that there are sort of these pieces or these laces that I need to untie in this lifetime and not and I don't know why I suspect it's for my daughter and her children and you know maybe my son's children I suspect it's to do with that but I really don't know and so I just saw like oh okay that that and it I gave it the time and it unfolded and it unfolded and then so I had to go into quarantine um, in early January before the surgery because it was winter time and I can't get a flu and I have to and so I just stayed in it you know went into radiation and, and then there's COVID <laughs> so, so this to me is like another deepening like this is the time for me I finally realized oh I'm supposed to write this I'm supposed to put this piece of like, for people in these intense challenges, this, and it's all, it's not like a how to three steps. It's like pointers. Mm. Like the doop doop. So I, it's, I'm calling them little life rings, mm -hmm. staying afloat in drowning times. Wow. And so I've been posting them on some of little excerpts on my social media, which was kind of dead in the water because I just, you know, <laughs> was on sabbatical from, you know, and so I've started on my Facebook page and on my Instagram to, to do these things. And I realized that I'm like three months ahead of the crowd <laughs> so, because I thought I was going to come out to meet everyone in a few yeah. weeks. And instead everybody came in to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this crazy. I'm like, I, I feel terrible saying this on some level, but it's, I'm so much less lonely <laughs> for me. Like everybody's in this terrible, like, you know, lonely, isolated. I'm like, Oh, it's a party. Like everybody. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. I've been here for months. <laughs> Let me make you a cocktail. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so from my work and people in my circle, like sharing, this is really clear to me that like opening up and starting to share this and speak about these things is a, is a piece of what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So I'm just mm. following. Can you very quickly or not quickly, I don't, I don't actually mind if you elaborate, but um, talk a little bit about what you just mentioned, which is this ability to like, just feel the emotions and at the same time listen to what they say without feeling like you know like trying to suppress the emotions but it also sounds like when you listen to the emotions you also kind of get like this hit of wisdom of like oh this is what it's about yeah yeah it's it's not it's not always a one for one but and this comes this is tapped down into my early wave work training with Dai Shakti, who actually died of breast cancer. Um, this is the, the Kripalu form that emotions. So like, like the earth needs all forms of weather and weather is not good or bad. Like you actually need deep storms and freezing. And, you know, I, I actually heard that the earth would be dead in two days if it went to like 70 around the globe. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, which I thought was really interesting. interesting. That's really interesting. Um, and so we are like that. Like we are, emotions are to the, the human system, the way weather is to the earth system. And so they're not, they're not bad or good. And they, we are trained in our early days unconsciously by our parents and our culture about which ones are okay and how much is okay to feel. Mm -hmm. And it's different for everyone. And so you get, you get told by these kind of voices that you eventually internalize that like this much happiness is all right or this much sadness. And if you look at a newborn like when they have big feelings, it's like their whole body, yeah. right? Yes. They're like, Wah! they're like turning red and everything's vibrating. And, you know, and, and if you, if you look at, you know, a four-year-old even who falls down and skins their knee 
and then you look at a 34 year old who falls down and skins her knee like the four-year-old's like standing there open mouth like <laughs> and the 34 year old is embarrassed and pretending that you know limping away on the broken shoe and you know so so we by our civilization we can't be falling apart in the boardroom so we we learn how to contain these things but actually if we cut it off at the knees all the time it creates these different it creates these pathways that don't complete in our mm. system and so a lot of the blocks that we need to heal come back to this mm. a lot of them probably a disproportionate number of them wow. and so they so it's they're like waves like think of feelings as coming in waves it's like a flow it's a movement and so it comes in it rises 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 and it crests and at its apex, at the climax point, it will integrate on its own. Your body's designed for this. It's like when you eat food, you put it in your mouth, you chew it, you swallow. Your job is done. The body then does the digestion on its own. The exact same thing happens with emotions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's an energetic digestion process if you let it happen. Mm -hmm. On the other side, when it's complete, you're actually elevated, just like with food, like you have a little increase in energy and there's very often a, a wisdom rises from the inside, like direct experience as opposed to outside in. So like that adult will say, she'll apply onto herself, like she's falling, she's like, it's just a fall, it's just my you know, hose and I've got to hold my hose, it's not a big deal, it's fine. So that is totally different from having a moment where you allow the pain, you allow the human part of you to just have this, oh, you know, it hurts, I'm sad, I'm embarrassed. You let it move through. And then what? Then inside it'll be like, oh, it's, you know, this was a small thing. I have a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. I'm moving on. Totally 180 degree different mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. And so most of us are either shunting those emotions pushing them back into the tissue mm -hmm. or we're venting them out inappropriately. Mm. So like shunting them in is like, you just don't like you start to feel it and you put it away. Right. And a lot of times we use food and other things to like stack on top of the feelings to keep them down. Yep. And venting is like road rage. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm, it comes out at, at you, you know, I'm, I don't like this in me, <laughs> you have it. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because people who we all do both, but shunters tend to end up, they're the ones that um, end up with like high blood pressure and, you know, physical issues and venters tend to be a lot healthier physically <laughs> actually, but their external lives are a mess. You know, they're fired from jobs or they can't keep a relationship right. or so neither of them is ideal, you know. And mm. so the, the yogis call this like it's in action, like inside action, mm. that you let the thing come and do its work and crust and then recede. And if you don't stop it, it will eventually stop. And you can, it just, like I said, you can't do this at the boardroom. If somebody hurts your feelings, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of deal with it, but you can, you can say at this time, you can acknowledge really quickly, like, oh, you know, I felt that. And then you can go back to it in meditation because it's available in our tissue because we store it. It's there all the time. So all you have to do is like bring yourself back to that moment and say, okay, now I'm going to let this happen. And I, I really love things like, um, like EFT, like tapping. I mm -hmm. really love yeah, that yeah. for when stuff feels huge because you can do it yourself. It's like mm -hmm. easy. It's free. It helps you, you know, and you need the ego strength 
to be able to have the big feelings, you know, like you need to be strong enough that, that, you know, you're able to sort of um, hold that shape so this can happen internally. And, and sometimes we need, we need a guide or a support or a counselor of some kind to help us to kind of hold that, the end of that, right. you know, lifeline. Mm -hmm. um, but when you, but you're feeling, and this is again, what you think, what you're avoiding, 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 I don't want to feel this, I don't want to feel this, but actually if you let yourself feel it, then what it's, the taproot of it will show itself to you. Hmm. Awesome. Mm. Thank you. It's like that, that ping pong ball or whatever it is, whatever that game is called. It's like yeah. every time you stuff it, you're just, that ball's getting like heavier and heavier. Yeah. You're like, oh God, I can't be stuck to this thing anymore. Eventually it knocks you out. Yeah. Right? It like, just oh, like takes I'm you done. out. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly what happens. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, we end our podcast with three seeds. So, <clears throat> excuse me, three seeds of awakening, which are three simple questions that you can answer quickly. Um, and yep. our first will be um, suited to quarantine since we're supposed to be staying where we are. Um, if you could send a text message, we usually use billboard, but if you could send a text message to everyone in the world, what would it say? This is safe. This is safe. Mm, this is safe. Mm. Nice. If, uh, what's your favorite book to gift or uh, to recommend to a friend? Mm, it depends on the situation. Uh, I say one of my all-time favorite books is my sister, Flo Queen Tosha Silver, Outrageous Openness. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we like her books. We like her books. <laughs> we have a, a a prayer of hers up in our bathroom so that every morning we like can brush our teeth and read the prayer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um, and lastly, I, I like to ask a question that's specific to you, but I'm torn between two, so you can choose which one. Um, either maybe your go-to like daily, especially in quarantine, daily ritual or daily practice or your go-to like snack or recipe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so my daily quarantine uh, ritual is to actually have a routine and a ritual. Mm. <laughs> like I, I really think that's crucial for yeah. keeping your head up right now. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I do my, my meditation as soon as I wake up and I have semi-specific times for eating. And so holding a ritual of flow, even though I'm in my little terrarium yeah. um, is, is very, very important to me and, and, and to my metabolism and just to feeling good and feeling safe and feeling okay. Um, I sort of routine, my routine is routine yeah. right now. Um, and the snack, I actually, I got to say, I just made this like killer bee, um, like vegan uh, cheese <laughs> and I'm just Ooh. loving it. It's <laughs> cashew and macadamia. And I yeah. did like a, an everything bagel version and I did like a cran orange pecan version. Oh, wow. So oh yummy. I'm going to put, I'm going to actually post the recipes because okay, good. Perfect. Yeah, they're so, yeah, it's so freaking delicious. <laughs> yeah. We'll share that. <laughs> Well, thanks. Awesome. Um, one last thing is, 
we'll link your site and your socials, but is there anything you want to point people to? I know you have the quiz on your site people can take to. Yeah, they can. The quiz is free. Watch the video. It's sort of a recap of what I was talking about on the front, you know, the first page. And, and um, yeah, I have also, I got led into a lot of women are struggling with um, menopause issues because of, for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I have a a group, if that is, is you, um, I have a group on Facebook called Flower Fire. Um, and that it's just a free open group for support for that. I like cool. to let people know that that's available. Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Flower like the ones that grow outside or flower like what you bake with? Good question. It's F F L O W E R. I do cool. a lot with like flow er, cool. flower and Perfect. flower signs and, and definitely check out, check out Instagram, Jeanette Bessinger on Instagram. Yeah. Cause that's, that's where the, um, I'm putting the little pieces of the, the rings to help yeah. support people during COVID. So cool. Awesome. Great. Thanks. Yeah. It was great to meet you. Oh, thanks, thanks so much. Yeah, it was <laughs> terrific. I really appreciate it. Were you hiding child up in the solar center?